Wednesday, 12th of July, 2023. So Paul still remained a good while. Then he took leave of the brethren and sailed for Syria. And Priscilla and Aquila were with him. He had his hair cut off at Sencrie, for he had taken a vow. Acts 18, verse 18. The words are more closely translated as, Now Paul, having remained many days more, having taken leave of the brothers, sailed away to Syria, and with him Priscilla and Aquila, having shaved the head in Sencrie, for he had a vow. C.G. In the last verse, Sothenes had taken a pounding from the Greeks right in front of Gallio. With that remembered, it next says, Now Paul, having remained many days more. The exact time frame is left unstated, but one can get the sense of several months at least. With the matter concerning the accusation of the Jews resolved, along with the pounding Sosthenes received, the times were again favourable for Paul to work unhindered among the Greeks. However, eventually the time came for him to leave, go to Israel, and then finally come to the church in Syrian Antioch. That departure from Corinth is seen in the continued words, having taken leave of the brothers. Paul eventually had to extend his farewells to the brethren in Corinth. It must have been a difficult thing for him to do, having been there for such a long time, but he would also be pleased that he could leave them to run things on their own. Unfortunately, the context of 1 Corinthians is an epistle being sent to a highly dysfunctional church. However, at this time, and under his watchful care, he was able to leave them and journey forth. In having taken his leave of them, it next says he sailed away to Syria. As noted above, this was not a straight sail to Syria, but the final leg of this particular journey. With that it notes, and with him Priscilla and Aquila. Priscilla is noted first. Four times they are seen together, including this verse, Romans 16.3, 1 Corinthians 16.19, 2 Timothy 4.19. She is mentioned first three times. There is speculation as to why this is, but no definite answer is available. Despite this curiosity, it next says, having shaved the head in Sencrie. The question that is raised among scholars is, who shaved his head? The Greek is ambiguous enough to mean either Paul or Aquila. Aquila is the nearest antecedent, and it will explain why he was mentioned after Priscilla. However, the context of the overall thought is focused on Paul. Because of this, the words are often taken as parenthetical. Despite this, some translations such as the Latin Vulgate say it is Aquila. The Syriac identifies it as Paul. Either way, the shaving of the head was in Sencrie. This was the port of Corinth. In other words, the shaving of the head is at the place of departure. Strong's notes that the name Sencrie is probably from Kekros, meaning millet. As for the act of shaving, it next says, for he had a vow. This is surely not a Nazarite vow, as found in Numbers 6, but rather something like what is mentioned by Josephus as, quote, is customary for persons in any affliction. That is, to make a vow that, for 30 days previous to that on which they intend to offer sacrifice, they will abstain from wine and will shave off their head, end quote. 
pulpit commentary. What seems to be suggested is that the hair was cut off as the result of having been safely delivered from the afflictions faced in Corinth. In other words, this is the fulfillment of a vow, not an act to initiate a vow. As Sencria was the town at the entrance to the haven belonging to Corinth, Paul, or possibly but less likely Aquila, was acknowledging the safe deliverance promised by the Lord. This is why Sencria and Vow are specifically mentioned in the same thought. Though not a Nazarite vow, the same process is seen. After the completion of the vow, the hair is cut off. If this was a Nazarite vow, the hair would have been cut off at the temple in Jerusalem and a set ritual would take place. Nothing of that is noted here or later concerning this vow. In other words, this cutting of the hair was an act of gratefulness to the Lord for something that had been vowed before, similar to what Jacob had said to the Lord in Genesis 28. 20-22. Then Jacob made a vow, saying, If God will be with me, and keep me in this way that I am going, and give me bread to eat, and clothing to put on, so that I come back to my father's house in peace, then the Lord shall be my God. And this stone which I have set as a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that you give me, I will surely give a tenth to you. As such, this is a vow of conscience, not a matter of law. The vow was uttered, and in thankfulness for the petition having been granted, the hair is cut. Life Application The Old Testament has places where vows are spoken of and the necessity to fulfil them. For example, when you make a vow to the Lord your God, you shall not delay to pay it, for the Lord your God will surely require it of you, and it will be sin to you. But if you abstain from vowing, it shall not be sin to you. That which has gone from your lips you shall keep and perform, for you voluntarily vowed to the Lord your God what you have promised with your mouth. Deuteronomy 23, 21-23 the Psalms refer to vows being fulfilled by the one who made them. A valid question is, are Christians allowed to make vows? Another question is, are Christians required to fulfill vows? The answer to the first is yes. A person can make a vow between himself and God, himself and a friend, etc. But it must be considered that a vow is something that binds a person to what he has promised. Borrowing money for a loan is a type of vow. I am promising to pay back this money. This vow is usually put into writing as a means of holding the person responsible. As for fulfilling vows, this becomes a lengthy subject depending on the context. If a person makes a vow prior to being saved that is contrary to Christian life, he obviously cannot perform that vow. I vow to support the edicts and commands of the gang I have joined, up to and including killing our rival gang members. In Christ, a new direction must take place. However, if vows are made after becoming a Christian, and remembering that the idea of a vow extends to all aspects of our lives, such as marriage, borrowing money, being an employee, and so on, then we need to be responsible and fulfill our obligations in the capacity that we have promised. 
This is more certain because Jesus, Paul and James each referred to a yes being a yes and a no being a no. Paul is less specific, speaking of personal words and actions, but it is a precept that was understood concerning reliability. In other words, we are to be so trustworthy as followers of Christ that when we say yes, it is a vow in and of itself. Honesty and integrity are to be the guides of our actions before God and men. Lord God, may we be responsible followers of Jesus, fulfilling the words that come forth from our lips. We know that when we fail, we are forgiven, but help us to not fail in doing what we have promised. Help us in our daily walk to do so. Be glorified in our conduct, O God. Amen. Paul stayed with the believers for many more days. Then he left and sailed for Syria. Priscilla and Aquila went with him. At Sencrea, Paul cut off his hair. This showed that he had made a promise to God. Acts 18, verse 18. I cut my hair today. I know, that's what I think. <laughs> so funny. Thanks, Elsa.